our second part of this morning's message. Grace is enough to save any sinner. What a beautiful statement. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Titus, chapter 3. Titus, chapter 3. Titus is a marvelous little book full of uh, truth and understanding. And, but here in the book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 5, 6, and 7. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the, of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This grace will reach all from the best to the worst. Jesus said, I will in no wise cast you out. You know, it was enough for me and it was enough for you. When we take a survey, a part of the Bible, we'll see that that grace of God, it was enough to save the woman at the well. It was enough for the woman found in adultery. It was enough for Saul, the Christian killer. It was enough for Peter, the cursing fisherman. It was enough for Zacharias, the IRS man. It was enough for the wicked jailer. This grace that we love is enough. It's enough for the poorest man on earth. The richest man, the most intelligent man, the simple-minded, the most powerful, the most famous, the most wicked, vile person on death row, the grace of God is all they need to be saved. I am so glad that God saves old sinners. I'm thrilled and amazed that he sets them free. The biggest surprise in saving old sinners is that he would save an old sinner like me. I used to love the song that Brother Bobby Wall used to sing when he was a member here. He's in glory this afternoon listening to me. The song about the father that used to go to the bars. And he'd come home and the wife was scared and the children would run and hide. And then God saved the old man. He came home and he said, you've got a brand new daddy. You've got a brand new daddy now. You've got a brand new husband now. You've got a brand new wife. That's what grace does. It changes the vile to the good. It's enough. It's because his grace is enough. Don't give up on the loss. His grace is enough. Don't think that he will give up on you, for his grace is enough. And we may get tired of hearing that, but we can never hear that too much. Grace is enough. In his time, if we be persistent, if we continue to take the word of God 
Hammond Monroe Baptist Church has found out through the years, if we visit on one side of town, he'll bring somebody from the other side of town. If we cover the whole town, somebody will move in from out of state, and they'll come. That's the way God is. See, God blesses faithfulness, but he already knows who's going to come and who isn't going to come. We're shocked, but he's not. Second point is grace is enough to keep all that ever were saved. I remember members there were members here that would tell me when I'd go visit them, I'm not sure that I can hold out. And I told every one of them the same thing. I'd help you on that. You can't. You cannot hold out by yourself. Because the worries and the troubles of this world will overwhelm you. And you'll get lost in them. But God can hold you out. Because you're in His hands. God said in the book of Jude, verse 24, you know, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. God is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceedingly joy. In other words, it pleases God to hold me out, to keep me. He does it not because, you know, Somebody's making him, that's his joy. See, we have an eternal salvation, not because we deserve it or because we earn it, but because of God's grace. I am a trophy of God's grace. I don't understand it, but I know his grace It's all I need. Don't need anything else. I'm thankful that when somebody says, Pastor, the sermon was a blessing this morning. I'm thankful when somebody says, Pastor, I appreciate you. I appreciate that, but I need the blessings of God. I need the blessings of God. See, we have everlasting life. You can't wire it out. You can't send it out. There's nothing you can do to lose your salvation. But I ask you the same question I asked the gentleman, the lady down in Georgia. What is different about you now since God saved you? There ought to be a significant difference. God said, what in John chapter 10, we all know this by, by heart. We've read it many, many times. But when we look at John chapter 10, the 10th chapter of the Gospel of John, I want you to read it in the Word of God. I said, we all, we all know it, but let's, let's read it together. In John chapter 10 and verse 27, it said, My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Why? My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I want you to notice something. He said, my sheep, 
didn't say my jokes. He's never saved a joke. Not a place in the Word of God where he saves a, a joke. Goats are always goats. Sheep are always sheep. There's two kinds of sheep. Lost sheep and saved sheep. And the Word of God, when it goes out, if you're a sheep, it is your predestinated time to be saved. God will cause you to hear it. But only sheep. You can't take a goat and re, re, redoing. How many times do we look at somebody? They were an alcoholic, they curse, they gamble, they run faithful to their wife or husband, whatever, and they clean themselves up. And I've had many a wife, many a mother said, I know my son is saved. Do you know what he used to be? Well, you can clean a sheep up. You can clean a goat up. But only God can save his sheep because that's who he saves. That's reformation. That's reforming. It's changing. See, God changes the heart. And when God changes the heart, there'll be a change in the body. There'll be a change in the mind. I have no problem to tell somebody if they say, Brother Vance, what was the difference about you when God saved you, after God saved you? I begin to think different. I begin to think different. Because as the mind goes, so does the body. So let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. When we read the book of Romans, chapter 8, Notice with me, please. Read this one. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Romans 8, verse 31. God said, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Now, we know the devil's against us. The world is against us. Anybody that is lost and depraved in their life, they're against you. But God said, what shall we say to those, these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect. You know why? It's God that says you're innocent. It's God that says you're justified. It is God. We can't look at anybody and say, if anybody's saved, ain't so saved. We can say it, but it has no authority. Because only God can say he's justified. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. He's our lawyer. He's our lawyer. 
Each time the devil accuses me, I've got a lawyer, I've got an advocate, Jesus Christ. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation, or distress, persecution, phantom, nakedness, peril, or sword. Can any of these things separate us from God? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, now notice this, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What did Job's wife say? Why don't you give up? Why don't you curse him? What's wrong with you? Job knew who his Savior was. He said in verse 38, For I am persuaded, death, met a friend of my wife's and I. He was in the lobby. Just got back from the center, and I said, Bill, did you get good news? He said they gave me three to six months. I looked at him speechless, you know, with lumps in your throat. And he put his hand on my shoulder, and he said, it's all right. I know my Savior. Lost man can't do that. Now he he said, "Don't do, don't get me wrong. I've got a grandson that's in his second year of college. I sure like to see him graduate, but it's all right." I thought about this scripture. Paul said, "For I am persuaded, neither death." I'm not going to give up on my God because he calls a loved one home. Can you hear me preach? Death is not going to separate my belief, my church, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what grace is. You look at what he went through. Look how much he suffered. He could have called 10,000 angels. And if you do a little study, you will find out that 10,000 is the highest number in the Greek. He could have called millions and millions of angels. But he didn't. He came to do the will of his father. To die for his elect. God's grace is enough to keep all that are saved. Number three, grace is enough to lift any man that is fallen. You ever got somebody in your family, neighbor, good friend, man, he, he is so low, 
He's a goner. Not for God. Not for God. I don't care what he's in. I don't care how bad his life seems to be. God can reach down. And for us who realize, as the old brother used to say, remember out there in California, Brother Callie's church, he said he reached way down in that married clay. Put me on that solid rock. Way down. God is enough to lift any man that's fallen. When your kids get out in sin, when your grandkids get out in sin, when your husband or your wife, you think there's no hope. In Christ there's hope. God said in the book of Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews, Notice with me, please. Chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. God said this. He said, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly at word again. Don't come like a little sheepdog. Don't come like somebody that, that doesn't have a king that loves them. But we boldly come before God. God, it's me again, Lord. It's me again, Lord. In need of prayer. In need of your guidance. We shouldn't try to slip in the back door of, of, of glory. We got a Savior who knew what we would do. Knew how low we would fall, but he still loved us. Boldly. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's what I need. That's what you need. That's what we all need. We need the mercy of God. Have mercy upon me, Lord. What a great Savior. What a great Savior. You know, in the story of the prodigal son, we find that he started out, the son was a, a son even while we was way in sin. The prodigal never ceased to be the son. That prodigal went out. He was in a hog pen eating what the hogs would eat. And he came to himself. He said, I should be home where there's plenty of food, you know, I'm paraphrasing it. But he was still a son. He was still a son. Grace made him a son. Grace kept him a son. And grace lifted him up. Grace lifted him up out of that hog pen. And he went home. You know why? A son is always a son. Don't listen to the strains of the brother. Listen to the whispers of the father. Now, if you ever studied the prodigal son, and, and most people teach the prodigal son lost, I don't. I preach him saved. Because he came to himself. 
A lost brother wouldn't come to herself. A lost man won't come to herself. A lost man just stays in the filth, getting deeper and deeper and deeper. But if you're a child of God and you get out in sin, you'll come to yourself. And what happened when he went home? His father welcomed him. The other little works child, you know, had been good to his father, which is good, took care of the father. But he said, look, you throw him a party. You never throwed me one. You bring him back, and I'm the one that's been here working and slaving. You know, we from time to time have people in the church say, you know, well, don't God bless me. I've been here all, all along. I've been faithful. I've done this. I've done that. But why were you able to do that? By the grace of God. Amen? Don't listen to the screams of the brother. God's grace is enough to bear any burden you have. That's what 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. See, when we come to the end of ourselves, you know what we'll find if we look up? Jesus Christ. But if you come to the end of yourself and you start feeling sorry for yourself, living in pity... Man, you need another dose from the Lord and he'll give it to you. He'll take you back to that woodshed and the second time is worse than the first and the third time is worse than the second. He'll keep doing that until finally he says, come home where I can watch you. It's our choice. But God said, you know, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. See, when we come to the end of ourselves, we see how great God really is. Because he said, most gladly, therefore, I'd rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Yeah, I'm sick. I'm down. I've got problems. But I also got the Lord. And he can remove those problems, that sickness, any time he chooses. Jesus told the Apostle Paul, what? My grace is sufficient. Maybe poverty has overwhelmed you and your family. Maybe pain is more than, than you think you can bear. Maybe death has touched your life and those you love. Well, God's grace Heaped upon grace, always be enough to see you through. And lastly, grace is enough to help you do any work that God has called you to do. Any work that God has called you to do, His grace. I was talking to a preacher, and he was saying, I said, you know, God called me to preach. I said, Lord, you 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 got to make a mistake. I mean, you made a mis mistake. He said, Well, what do you th why do you think so? He said, I was an adult before I could go out in public and ask for strawberry ice cream. He said, Why? I couldn't say it. 
you know, when you walk up to Dairy Queen, they take you 15 minutes to say strawberry, you, you decide that's not my favorite ice cream. So you ask for something that you can say. So I knew that God had made a mistake. And the old preacher said, God don't make mistakes, boy. That's all he said. God don't make mistakes. See, God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always have all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. That's 1 Corinthians 9, 8. Good verse to memorize. God has a plan. His purpose and provision for you and the work that he has called you to do. And you'll find it in his grace heaped upon grace. Stay where you are. Trust that grace. It may be hard, but trust that grace. You may lose friends, but trust that grace. You may suffer loss, but trust that grace. When it comes to grace, A.W. Pink used to say, trust it, use it, lean on it, rest in it, tell about it. I love to brag on my God. There's nothing I'd rather do than to tell people how good God's been to me. But whatever you do, don't quit. God knows we are. He'll come and get you. As we close, John 1, 16 was our text verse this morning. And of his fullness have all received grace for grace. Now, since grace is so important, God said in 2 Peter 3, 18, but grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Whatever happens, good, indifferent, God is the author of it. He is behind it. He, and don't get all excited and do like some people. God is in control. And God permits things that he wouldn't ordain. For our necessity, you know. There are children, and I think out of my three, I had one, had one, still have one, unless the Lord took them home since I've been preaching. That one would have to learn the hard way. I don't care what it was. That's just his makeup. But if you're his, you're going to learn. 
Because God doesn't fail. So when a lot of things come upon you, instead of saying, why God? You know you're on your way to recovery when you can say, thank you, Father. Thank you.